Hey, party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this is the first of three very special episodes of Party of One. You see, for the next three weeks, we are playing three games of Knights Black Agent Solo Ops, now available from Pelgrane Press. Uh, I've got three guests lined up. That is uh, Grant Ellis, Cole Burkhart, and first and foremost, uh, this week's guest, Biz, from the Throwing Bones podcast, all of whom are stepping into the title role of Agent Layla Khan, MI5 agent turned vampire thrall turned vampire hunter, as we under as we undertake a three-part serialized saga. Three actors, three games, one character, one continuous story. It is very ambitious, very cool. I think it worked pretty well. I think it made a pretty cool series of episodes. Each chapter completely self-contained with just a little bit of continuity between each one. I think this is some of the coolest stuff that we've done on the show. I'm really excited. I hope you're ready for three straight weeks of vampire-killing super spy action. As you might have gathered, Knights Black Agent Solo Ops is a game of spies killing vampires. It is powered by the Gumshoe 121 system, which we've played before on the show in the Cthulhu Confidential episode with Senda. Um, it is a game about super spies who have come aware of a vampire conspiracy and have gone on the attack. It's very cool. It takes the mystery engine of Gumshoe in a very different and interesting direction. I'm really excited about it. I love it. I think you're really going to dig this episode. You can find more information about Knights Black Agents Solo Ops in the show notes. Uh, Biz, as I mentioned, is the host of the Throwing Bones podcast, a queer-led storytelling and RPG podcast that focuses on themes of diversity, mental health, and interpersonal relationships. Uh, you can find more information about Throwing Bones at throwingbonespodcast.buzzsprout.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at Bones underscore throwing or check the show notes for more information. Now, as I've mentioned for the last few weeks, uh, I've put the party of one or the Jeff Stormer Patreon on hold for the time being. Uh, in the current circumstances, I'm fine from a financial perspective. And there's people that if you want to support the show, I think there's people that could use that money more and that that money can be better used towards supporting. So if you check the show notes, there are some links to some sources where uh, people can, you know, you can you can pledge that money. Uh, specifically, there's the One-Shot Safety Net, which is helping members of the One-Shot Network whose income has been impacted. There is also uh, Nathan DiPaletta's uh, Friendship Fund. It is a mutual aid fund for people that need it. If you've got uh, some money and want to support the show, I would appreciate it if you supported the mutual aid fund instead or the One-Shot Safety Net. Basically, there will be a time when I will accept your money and use it to fund weird projects and podcasts and things. But for now, I'd rather that money go towards people that could really use it. So yeah, check the show notes for all that. Um, and with that said, why don't we go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Biz. Biz, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thank you so much for having me. So real quick at the top of the show, why don't you take a moment and let the lovely listeners at home know about all the great stuff that you've got going on that you might want them to know about. Right. uh... Hello, my name is Elizabeth Diedrich. I go by Biz, and I'm a creative entrepreneur, professional game master, podcast host, uh, musician, composer, lots of stuff. Um, I host, edit, and compose for an actual play podcast called Throwing Bones. Throwing Bones is a queer-led role-playing podcast that focuses on themes of diversity, mental health, and interpersonal relationships. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bones underscore Throwing, and we also have a Patreon and a fan Discord server. 
You can find us through Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and Buzzsprout. Perfect. Um, that was the, the, what I, I, I was one of the most comprehensive uh, like rundowns that I've, I've had in a while, and it, I'm, I'm slightly caught off guard. <laughs> I wrote it down, so... No, I, I, you know, I honestly, I appreciate that. I, I, I've, it's, it, thank you. Thank you for, for, thank you for being prepared and being professional. It means a lot to me. It makes my job easier. No problem. Uh, this is my first time guest starring on a podcast, so it's really exciting and I want to make a good impression, so. Well, you've done that. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Kickstarter thank 2018. <laughs> Um, so this week we are playing uh, the first of three sessions of Knights Black Agents. Uh, the way that these three episodes, this episode and the two that come after it are going to work is I have three guests lined up. I'm sure I talked about this in the intro, but it's fine. Uh, I have three guests lined up. They're each going to play one adventure from the Knights Black Agents solo ops book, playing the same character. And we're going to see a little bit of a three-act story in individual segments. It's kind of a weird, over-ambitious idea that I'm really excited about, and so I'm kind of gushing about it a little bit. So, with that said, why don't you take a moment and introduce us to the character that you're playing this week uh, to give me a little bit of an idea of, like, your approach to the character and what's kind of exciting you about the character that you're playing. Alright, so I'm playing Layla Khan. Uh, she is a former spy with amnesia, uh, with a, her father is British, her mother is Lebanese, and she doesn't remember much about her life other than that. Um, she does know, however, that she was forced to serve somebody and did a lot of bad stuff, uh, that she's not very proud of. And she wants to get revenge. I kind of picture her as... I like to play very intelligence-focused characters. Mm -hmm. So um, coming up with creative solutions to problems, uh, really focused on finding clues, putting things together. Um, she seemed a little high-strung, in, mm -hmm. in my opinion. So I want to play that up. Like She's All very right. business... First, she um, she likes to get the jobs done. Uh, isn't as good at social relationships. Is very focused on her goal. Is so the scenario that we're playing today is called Never Say Dead. Uh, it is the story of Layla uh, breaking free from the vampires and getting revenge on the vampire that, that wronged her as, and sort of establishing a bit of a status quo. Um, we open on, um, we open on like, a, uh, uh, we fade in on a hospital room, a smell of disinfectant, the sound of low muffled voices in the corridor, hospital sheets. You have woken up in like a small private sort of cramped uh, hospital room, one of, like a one bed corner room. It's a little dingy, like kind of 70s ish. It's not it's in no way like the latest and greatest, you know, it <laughs> feels like there's maybe some health violations at play here, especially considering hospitals Great. are supposed to be a little sterile. But um, mm -hmm. you've woken up. You are you have an intravenous uh, drip in one arm and uh, dressing on a wound on your side. Otherwise, you appear uninjured. Uh, so now we're going to lay out a few uh, gameplay mechanics things. Um, 
to your point about solving mysteries and coming up with solutions to the problems, that is pretty much the crux of uh, the gumshoe system, which is what Mates Black Agents is based on. Uh, so you have a, ser- a list of skills on your character sheet that are investigative skills. You can use these kind of at any time. Anytime it makes sense to you, you can kind of push those skills to ask questions and get clues and figure things out from there. You also have some general skills on your character sheet that when you invoke those skills to accomplish things, or if I call on you to invoke uh, those skills to to deal with challenges, you'll roll a number of six-sided dice equal to uh, the number next to that skill. And then the other thing is you'll receive over the course of the adventure some either problem cards or uh, edge cards, which are sort of uh, like plot points uh, and scenario type things. And so we're going to start things off. I'm going to give you a problem card. Uh, Beaten up. You can get rid of this card by uh, taking time and resting or you can kind of push through it and continue to investigate. But you, you hear people outside... You've got, you've got a, 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 a wrapped wound on your side. You're in this tiny hotel room and you're not 100% sure like how you got hospital here. Room? Hospital room. What did I say? You said hotel room. Yep. Nope. Hospital room. Thank you. Uh, you're in this cramped hospital room. You've got a wound on your side. You're not 100% sure how you've gotten here. You have vague memories of like uh, being on the move and on the run. And because you are beaten up, you have an injury card. You don't know what happened to you, but it sure did hurt. Hmm. All right. Um, not the best decision tactically, but it, how I picture her is uh, not appreciating being hooked up to taps and wires. So she's going to try to remove the the IV that's in her arm. Okay. Um, I think that you can you can pull it out. Okay. So you pull it out uh, pretty quickly. Like, you, you know, you are a you are a spy. You're able to, like, pull out an IV pretty quickly. It hurts like a son of a gun, but mm-hmm. you, you pull it out. Uh, and immediately uh, it starts to buzz. Or, you know, you hear a beeping, right? Because obviously the IV is disconnected. This is a bit of a... This, this gives the illusion of a medical emergency. Um, almost immediately, uh, a young woman in a nurse's uniform comes in and, like, comes in to check on you pauses, sees you pulling out the thing, and starts kind of um, speaking to you in Hungarian. Um, and is and is sort of like, is sort of panicking a little bit, speaking very quickly at you in Hungarian, um, and like pauses for a second and just looks at you and like tries to like, you know, take a step back and starts to be like, what? No, don't do that. Put, okay, no. <laughs> Sit, sit back uh, down. We can put the. We can put back in the. She'll hold up a hand and point to the gauze on her uh, side and say, "Do you have more of this?" Uh, I, I, yes. Uh, I yes, of course, of course. Of uh, I'm I yes, of course. We can uh, then wrap it up. I I can't be staying here too long. Uh, I mean, you have to. You are you're injured. We can't let you. We can't let you. Uh. Where am I exactly? A hospital? And she's like very confused by your question. Like she she does not fully understand like the question that you're answer- asking her. No, like state, province, country. Oh, oh my. Oh, apparently the the accident was worse than we uh had been told. Um 
Give me one second to figure out where you actually are. I think you're in Hungary, but I want to confirm. <laughs> also, we should probably stop this bleeding. Oh, yes. That's probably very, very helpful. And she, like, um, she immediately, um, you are, and she's, like, pauses, and she's, like, um, kind of, she starts dressing your wound. She starts kind of, uh, like, patching you up and, like, adding new gauze, cleaning it out. And as that is happening, she's kind of just being, like, she starts being, like, um, of course, you are, uh, just outside of Budapest, Hungary. Uh, my name is Holmy. I am your nurse. Uh, you were found in an accident. Uh, it was a carp. They, they believe that you were, you were out hiking and that you were, uh, struck by something. It seems like maybe you got struck on a tree. We're not a hundred percent sure. Do you have, uh, I want you to do me a favor and can you look at one at your character skills? Mm hmm. Uh, it sounds like you want to use, like you're trying, uh, if you want to get anything out of her, if you want to use one of your interpersonal skills on her, you can get her to give you some more information. Or, uh, you can, yeah, if you want to, if you want to use, uh, use one of your character's interpersonal skills, she can give you, she can give you some information. Uh, what about, uh, reassurance in her saying, don't worry, I've, um been in worse situations than this. I know how to handle myself. Uh, it doesn't, I mean, for, pardon my, pardon my, uh, my skepticism, but it doesn't exactly seem that way. I mean, th they said they found you, like, they said you hit a rock, but, I mean, this thing seems like a gunshot wound. Like, this is a, this is a, this, you fell on a, you fell on a pretty sharp rock for a hiker that tripped. And as she is, uh, as she is I thought you kind said of I... dressing your wound, uh, you can get rid of that uh, beat-up card because uh, she takes some time and kind of cleans you up. Mm. But in the time that that happens, um, a, a, a doctor comes in, uh, Dr. Herman Vertag. Uh, Herman is uh, sort of a scraggly beard that has, like, the, the mask over top of it. Uh very slicked back hair is kind of uh doing is like tapping his fingers together and like immediately stops sees the two of you sees like her working on you and is like homie homie no 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 if she's if she's up and about we should we should uh focus on on making sure that she is uh Hmm. As 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 healthy as she can be, we need to make sure she's in bed and resting. It's very very important that she be in bed and resting. And he is sort of starting to kind of like hustle her out of the room, almost like very kind of quickly and and muttering a lot of uh, business speak under his breath. Hmm. Alayla kind of watches this interaction. She's immediately a little suspicious of the doctor, and. Um. One of your skills, so uh, this is, a, there's there's certain times when your skills will, when I can trigger your skills for you and say your bullshit detector should be going off like a siren. <laughs> yeah, she uh, she's very suspicious of this doctor and says, she, she speaks up and says, you know what, I'm actually feeling pretty fine now. I'm, I've been patched up, I'm not lightheaded or anything like that, and I believe legally you can't keep me here unless there's an ongoing investigation. 
Oh, very, very well done. Um, so I think he kind of he pauses and he he kind of like he stops and he's like, no, well, I mean, we can't legally, uh, we can't legally keep you here, uh, but obviously it is very important that you get your bed rest. And he starts like moving toward you and reaching into his into his jacket, which uh, you kind of start to see a needle come out of it. And he's like, uh, "I oh, think we boy. need to make sure that you are like in bed and, and 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 you're not thinking clearly." She, yeah, she's gonna try to grab his wrist. All right, uh, I'm gonna off. ask you to give me a fighting role. So, I do have a question. Yes. Next to all of my general abilities, there's two dice. Does that mean that I have two dice? Uh, yes, that means you roll you roll two dice and add them together. Right. Okay. And I do remember reading I can roll one at a time and see yes. what the result is. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I got a one on the first one. And a three, so four total. Okay. I believe that is I believe that is a mixed success. I? Could I use evasion to add a dice? Yes. So she would try before she goes for the wrist, she's going to quickly wait for him to go to strike, dodge to the side, and then grab the wrist. Okay. Add that add that D six. Alright. I, I, well, before you do that, I will say, um, at a four, you will knock the syringe out of the doctor's hand. Uh, but but if you get a seven or more, you can grab it or or disarm him and, like, get answers from him. Yeah, I think I'll go with the evasion. Let's okay. See. Yeah. I got a two. Okay, so that keeps you at a six. Uh, that means you still knock the syringe out of the doctor's hand. However, um, he is... He is, he's knocked, like, you've knocked it out of the hand, the, the, the syringe kind of shatters, and he kind of starts to back away, like, clearly, uh, clearly it didn't take much, it's not going to take much to, like, get him to, uh, like, he was not anticipating mm-hmm. any sort of a, a fight here, like, he kind of thought that he was, he had the upper hand, and now that he doesn't, he is, uh, he is sort of panic. Who do you work for? Uh, the, the, I work for, and he, he sort of pauses for a second, um, and the fact that he, he, like, he, what I will say is he, uh, he pauses for a second, he, like, does not want to answer the question, he is very specifically, like, uh, paranoid about, like, answering you, uh, and as he starts to, like, stumble out an answer about, like, I work for the hospital, I... I am, uh, no, he kind no. of, sorry, go ahead. Uh, she does what she says, she says, no, no, that's, you know, that's not what I mean. I, I don't know what you, and, and as you kind of like loom over him, uh, you, you tower over him. He clearly starts to stammer. He's like, I didn't, they, <laughs> you don't, you don't know what you're, what you're up against. And uh, that's about when a phone starts ringing from a backpack on a chair next to your bed. As he, as that happens, he like bursts out of the room. Like he kind of just, and he just screams like, 
He just starts, like, he screams. He is long gone. Halmy, uh watches him leave and comes in and stares at you like terror on her face as she's like she starts to like kind of hands up is like I don't know what you did but and she like doesn't know how to finish that sentence and then there's that phone ringing do you engage do you talk to Holly or do you answer the phone uh she'll say something very short to Holly as she goes to pick up the phone and swing the backpack on her back, uh, she says, you should do better background checks, and then picks up the phone. Um, the, what you hear on the other line is, uh, like, thumps, grunts, and heavy breathing. It sounds like two people fighting for, for the possession of the phone. There's a, a gunshot, and then silence, and then a few seconds later, uh, like, the phone, the, the call ends, and then a moment later, it pops up with a text message that just says, they're after you. Get to church ASAP. Hmm. Does she recognize the number? You don't recognize the number. It's not listed in the phone. In fact, you like look at, in fact, you look brief, you look at the number and it ju- it has nothing listed. And then that pulls you to the context, like the contact screen. And there's no numbers listed, which pulls you and you like flip through it. This is obviously like a burner phone with no mm. data on it, except Helpful. for, uh, except for one other text message. Oh, what's the other text? Uh, it is a message listing the address of a church in Budapest. Is it a different number or the same number? Uh, it is It is a different number. But it is a different number, but uh, you get the vibe that it's the same church, that it may or may, may, may be mm-hmm. two people working together. Hmm. Uh, she is... Suspicious, because she doesn't know if the person who was supposed to have that phone has it anymore. Uh, She goes through her phone. uh, No, no. She goes through her backpack to take an inventory of what she has. Uh, What she has in the backpack. There is like there's a change of clothes in it. And then the and then the phone like the but there's also but there is like a change of clothes that appears to be. uh, It appears to be. I think the best way to describe the clothes in the bag are they are mundane to the point of like obviousness, right? Like they are they are clothes that are to put together very specifically to leave no impression. So like maybe not like black leather, but like gray, like a gray leather jacket and a flannel shirt and very nondescript blue jeans that don't have any tags or anything. I mean, she's currently in a, a hospital gown, I assume? Yes. Right. Um, she'll look at Holly, and then she'll... Is Holly still in the room, like, just washing her? Uh, I think she sees you grab the clothes and uh, sort of, like, quietly turns away and is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you get changed, I, I think. Thank you. Uh, she will change into the other clothes, uh, put the backpack on, um, she'll make it, like, seem, like, kind of noisy while she's changing and glance around to see if there's, like, a weapon or just a tool that she can grab, uh, so that she doesn't just have nothing. Um, the only, like, uh, the closest you've got to a weapon is there is a, there is a, um... There's like a, a like a, not not a, the, like a like a food tray. Hmm. 
uh, like one of those old metal food trays, like an aluminum cookie tray almost. And as you kind of go for it, you see out the window uh, three black. You know how I said your clothes were sort of uh, nondescript, non like obviously nondescript. Yes. These three black jeeps that are pulling up are not making the same effort to not blend in. The three black jeeps pull up outside and people start to climb out of them. Hmm. All right. She, uh, she quickly, I guess she'll, I think the, the food pan would be too obvious. So she's just going to leave that there, scan the room quickly to see if there's a security camera. Not going to do anything about it. Just note it if there is one. Uh, there does not appear to be one. Okay. Is she on the, what, how high up is she? Uh, you can see that you're about, you're on the four, you're on the fourth floor, which is the top floor of the hospital. Hmm. Not ideal. Uh, do the, these people exiting the van, do they seem, um, are they running? Are they casually getting out? Uh, they are, they are running with guns in hand. Okay, uh... She's going to look at Halami and say, is there a fire escape nearby or an emergency e- exit? Um, she, she, she kind of like stops and pauses and she's like, why, why, why do you ask? What, what? And cause she, you know, like I said, her back is turned out of, out of respect, out of courtesy. So she is unaware of anything happening behind her. Well, considering the doctor just attacked me and you seem like a a nice lady, I really don't want to deal with any of the other staff here, as I fear for my own safety. So I would like to take an exit that avoids other people. And she kind of pauses and like turns, uh, starts to turn back and then says, um, yes, there is, um, there is an exit. This and she kind of like gestures. She's like down the hall to the right in the far southwest corner of the building. There is a fire escape that should get you downstairs. All right. Uh, thank you. Have a nice day. And she'll uh go to the door and peek out into the hallway, look down both ways to make sure it's safe. Um, it is. There's there. There's nobody here yet because you haven't uh you haven't taken any like you you because. Because you let Halmy treat your wounds and you didn't just take time to rest and heal them on your own, like you've got a little bit more time to get to that to to get out before they kind of get here. All right, she's gonna go for the fire escape. All right, I'm gonna ask you for an evasion challenge, which you've already used one of your evasion dice, so you've got one evasion dice left. But you can also use your infiltration dice because uh, you're very good at infiltrating things. All right. We'll see how the evasion dice goes. That's a two. So I'll go ahead and use one of the infiltration dice. That's a one. Okay. I do believe you failed to evade them, but I will uh, will make 100% sure. Uh, you got a three? In total, yes. Yeah, so you start to, uh, you start to climb down. And you see, um, you see, you see, uh, like, you see through a window, right? Like, you see through a window 
somebody kick open what was clearly the door you were in, point a gun. Hom, you see Homie throw her hands up and start and gesture towards the uh, like towards where the fire escape is. <laughs> so you're well, kind great. of in a spot where your pretty much only option from here is going to be, uh, well, you've got a few options. You've got a few options. Like you watch them kind of. You see, you see, uh, you kind of you you see one of the you see that 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 uh, hitman. We'll call him a hitman because call him what he is. Uh, you see the hitman, like, run for the exit, and, like, before you even have a chance to really, like, react, you're about, like, a floor below him, and he's climbing onto the fire escape. Alright, she's gonna try to go into the floor instead of going further down. Okay. Uh, what does she see immediately? Uh, what you see immediately is, uh, you see... Give me, give me an infiltration roll. Okay. So that's just the one dice? Yep. Five. Okay. Um, you climb in. You climb into the hospital. You are making your way through. You actually see, and like, you, you make your way into a room. It's fairly empty. The lights are out, except for one kind of flickering bulb above. And you actually see through, see through like the door, the, the window, uh, you kind of crouch down for a minute because you see one of the one of the 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 guards or one of the hitmen, like the assassins, like run by the door and pause for a second. Oh, and she's like, like kind of clearly get cold, told on an uh, an earpiece to like head for the fire escape. Ooh, so he he stops like right outside the door where she can, like the door is open and she can see him. Uh, the door is closed. You can see him through like the little porthole window on the door. Okay, so she's gonna stay quiet and move away from the door and wait for him to go. He he runs like he runs past he runs past to run to where he can climb onto the fire escape proper as opposed to through a window. All right. Uh, currently, is the fire escape on the same side of the building like that? Oh, windows in the room are. Uh yes. Okay, so she's not gonna go out there. Uh. Scans the we- uh, room real quickly for any any weapon, any tool she could use. Um, you find you do find some some medical supplies, so like a scalpel and the little uh, like hammer that you for reflexes. So like some very basic like uh, exam supplies. All right, so uh, sort of like have the scalpel in her palm, but like facing it towards herself she's kind of hiding it against herself so that it's not uh clear that she has a weapon if she needs one and then she's going to wait like one or two more beats and then crack and look outside the door um th- they you you see him just turn the corner and start to move towards the fire escape on like the far side like you see him turn the corner and the coast appears to be clear all right. Uh, are there any staff around? Um, there is. You see, poor, poor <laughs> Halmy, like burst out of a stairwell door and like try to run and like run to what is clearly a break room to grab her things and get the hell out of here. All right. She'll uh pause. Let Halmy uh run by, and then she'll hmm. She'll, uh, 
check, she'll like go along the walls and check to see if anybody's inside the break room. Mm-hmm. Um, after Homie grabs her things, the break room is pretty empty. Alright, she'll slip inside and she's looking to see if there's an extra uniform or anything she could use in here. Um, there actually is. Uh, there is, there is a, a like a kind of, uh, hanging on a, like hanging on a hanger in the, in, uh, like a closet or an ottoman type situation or a wardrobe, there is like a nurse's uniform. Awesome. Okay, yeah, she's going to put on the nurse's outfit. Okay. And so, um, why don't you give me, let me look at the skill, let me look at the skill list and see what, what skill I want you to give me to try and get out of here. I might call this evasion... Or in, in, actually, in, uh, invasion, infiltration, uh, no, cover. There's cover. There's a skill for cover. All right, cool, because that's what I have dice for. All right. Six. Okay. On the uh, first six, roll. Six is, a, six is a hold. Six is you uh, make your way through, and I think what happens is... Um, like one of the guards kind of runs past you and shoulder checks you a little bit. You kind of clutch your sides just ever so slightly because boy, does it sting. Mm. But you do appear to be able to get out of the building. But there is the issue of like getting out of the building is half the battle, right? They, they, they still appear to be running towards where they will eventually cross paths with you. Mm-hmm. Did... Can she see the the vans they got out of, and did they leave anybody with the vans? Uh, the vans appear to be empty. Uh, she's gonna try to get over and check for keys. Um, there are no keys in the car. That's unfortunate. Is it possible she would know how to hotwire a car? Um, you... Undeniably, yes. I think that, like, you open the door and you look at the car and almost without, like, you see it before your eyes. You kind of see the wires that need to connect together. Uh, I will ask for a mechanics roll, but yes, you could pretty comfortably, you you immediately, whether or not you realize it, realize you know how to do this. Awesome. Okay, rolling mechanics. That's a one, because I'm going to roll the second dice. That's a six, so seven. Seven. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you reach under, you reach under the wheel box, you, you, why, you tie the wires together, you are on the road. Um, you are on the road, you are, you are just about out of the parking lot when you hear the other cars, the other trucks start, and they are, uh, they are close behind, but you are on your way out. You have, right. you have managed to get through. You've managed to at least get on the raid. Uh, I am going to ask you for one last uh, driving roll to see if you can evade them. Okay. Unless you have another plan altogether. Well, I think it'll fall under driving. She's going to try okay. to take side roads and, sure. uh, you know, make sure she gets out of line of sight. Driving first roll is six. Uh, I think this is important six would be a hold right six would be a hold you would manage to you would lose them so you've you've guaranteed to lose them but uh there's an opera what i'll say is there's an opportunity like you um you kind of pull off onto a side road and it's like a little two-lane highway 
and one of the cars like is still trailing you a little bit and you and and they start to try to kind of overtake you uh you could if you drive just right knock them off the road or you could just lose them it's up uh, but but uh but uh you could knock them off the road and take them out for uh well and for good i think she would try to knock them off okay that's another two all right that is an that is exactly going to do it. You are going. So you what happens is there uh, like a truck pulls out like you see a truck uh, pulling on the other lane of this two lane road and you uh, you pull up next to them. And he starts to point a gun. He doesn't see the truck. He veers the car off the road to avoid hitting the truck straight into a tree. Knock like uh, straight into a tree. The car is wrecked. You are you are safely on your way and you get an edge card. You get where is that edge card? which edge cards are advantages that you'll pick up during the game. Every guy you take out now is one enemy you don't need to fight later. Uh, you can at any time use the attrition card to, uh, you can discard it to discard, describe how you take advantage of the enemy's depleted numbers to gain an extra die or a push when dealing with the bad guys. All right, so she drives. Does she recognize anything? You actually do. You have flashbacks of you're driving and like you realize you didn't like pull up maps. You don't have a map. And yet you're handling these roads like they're the back of your hand. You actually have uh, memories of driving these roads of like being chased down these roads. Like it felt very comfortable to you. Like this was this was the this was the back of your hand. It feels familiar enough that you feel like you did this recently. It feels like you you made a break for you made a break from someone recently, uh, and you have these flashbacks of and suddenly you taste like rose water in your mouth as you're kind of experiencing this. You have this taste and like memories start to bits and pieces of memory of like drinking something something based in rose water and fleeing from someone that was trying to take you out and crashing a car and you 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 have all of these these scattered memories that are slowly starting to come together as you kind of make your way as you just kind of uh drive and like make your way and suddenly like and you're you're starting to piece things together all right if she like tries to picture a local church does anything come to mind it does actually you you have this memory you actually like you you focus on this memory and you focus on this memory really really hard and you realize like that that memory of drinking that rose water that rose taste in your mouth was in like a small church and you you remember uh like fighting it you remember you remember like barely being able to stand in the church and being offered this this potion and this elixir this this beverage and suddenly like that weight that tension that discomfort you remember it shaking. You remember it being shaken just as people, something tore inside and like attacked you. But you remember being 
in agony drinking this thing in this church and then being okay in the presence of the church. All right. She, with this information, she's going to try to see if she feels any sense of direction of how to get to the church. You strangely do. You're pretty comfortable. You're, you can, you are able to navigate. You're able to navigate pretty comfortably. Uh, you know that it's about 50 miles, so you've got about an hour and a half. But mm. you remember, you remember just, you remember the route, and it's so effortless. And you're just trying to piece things to get, like, like these memories keep flashing into your head, right? Like, you just, you remember blood and bodies and... How are you feeling right now? She's, um, confused. Probably really frustrated. She doesn't like that, like, the one thing she probably feels like she's always had control of and been able to organize and put forward is herself and not even having control of her own mind. It's bothering her a lot. Mm -hmm. But she's also very just trying to focus on what's the next step, what do I, how do I keep going, survive, figure this out. Uh, so she isn't focusing on the emotions as much, she's trying to push them to the background. Sure. So, um, I'm gonna... So as this is happening, like with the camera kind of pans up from you, like seeing these flashes of memories and starting to piece things together, right? Like starting to understand a little bit about like at least a vague idea of where you're going and who you're meeting. Somebody brought you into this church and somebody gave you a potion that took memories away, like took piece of you away, but like you clearly... The felt you you were you the feeling of being alive right like you remember anger and hatred and, and violence in your in your head that like cleared away and with that a lot of memories faded away with them but you get the vibe that something shook you and like something you were you were in a cloud of of blood and like violence that was lifted. And as you're thinking all of this, as you're piecing this mystery together in your head, that's about when the giant vampire bat smashes into your windshield. Oh, <laughs> that's unfortunate. Um, you hear thumping on top of your roof. Uh, you hear uh, like a human ish scream and you start to see claws like tearing into the roof of your car. Hmm. Okay, so there's a bat inside and somebody somebody uh, on the No, roof. The, the the bat hit the windshield, uh came off and then suddenly there was a humanoid figure on top of your car. Uh she, she only has, let's see. She's used her driving. So then how do you deal with as this is happening you are hearing like that you start to hear a voice in your head that's like Layla, my lieutenant, my my greatest soldier, don't like you just start to hear like this like cooing in the back of your head of like Layla, my great soldier, my 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 warrior, my my battle axe, like start to like claw in the back of your head. Ooh. Uh, she'll 
Is she on a main road right now? Uh, you, uh, you can, like, you can be, uh, you tell, you tell me where you're, where you're at right now and, like, what you're planning. Well, I think she would have been not taking main roads as much as possible. Okay. Um, she's trying to go through uninhabited areas. I think the move here is she can't drive and fight this thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she probably can't even fight this thing. All she has is a, a scalpel. So what she's going to try to do is spot the closest uninhabited structure, uh, like a wall or an alley or something, slow down enough so that she can open the car door and... Give me an athletics roll. I know I know where you're going. Give me an athletics roll. Go to roll, roll out. <laughs> Yeah. Give me athletics. Okay. Uh, six. Actually, um, and what I'll say here, get, get, I'll give you an extra dice for this because that was not a stunt that I was expecting, but it's extremely cool. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So the first roll is a six. Second one's a five. Eleven. Eleven? Oh my goodness. You, um, so what happens is, uh, as this is all happening, um, you, the car, t- like, you actually, you turn off the road a little bit. Like, you off-road it just slightly, and you're not even 100% sure why at first. But, like, you off-road it towards a barn, and you, t- like, you jump out of the car, the car smashes into the side of this barn, fire goes up, this a flaming vampire bat swoops past you and is screaming with a human voice of just, ah, gah, flies away. And you stand up and you're like, why did I crash my car into a bar? And that's when you get this memory. You get this memory of being of a cash, a bag, a duffel bag. In this barn, you remember stashing it here briefly. You remember you remember a moment of clarity, a moment when you weren't in the cloud. You remember stashing supplies here en route to the same church that you're en route to now. Hey, she's going to look for that duffel bag. Uh, you find it effortlessly. Like, you find it immediately. And inside... Like, it's it's underneath some hay, it's off in a corner, you have to sort of navigate around a car wreck to get to it, uh, and there is a handgun with several clips of ammunition, a sheaf of different passports, all with your picture on them, cash in various currencies and denominations, medical supplies, gear, a thermos, a photograph of a crucif- a crucifix? That's weird. You find... Like, supplies. Awesome. Clearly Uh, you, the you that you don't remember, knew that you would need these things probably to take on vampire Batman that are on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's gonna uh, holster the gun, uh, like, pull out the bottom of her flannel shirt to kind of cover it, and... uh, She'll grab the pa- a, pa- a Hungarian passport 
probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll grab. She'll grab uh, the local currency and then probably like some euros or mm-hmm. one or two other common currencies. Put those in her backpack and then the other various supplies. She'll load them up into her backpack because that's less uh, conspicuous than a duffel bag. Mm-hmm. I think you hear uh, you hear dogs and like people shouting coming towards you. Do you hang around or do you duck? Do you do you sneak away? Yeah, she's getting out of there. All right. Um. So you, 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 uh, you lay low in the woods. Uh, you're able to find another car. Uh, you can. So uh, I'll give you two options, or a third option, which is if you've got an idea that's entirely different. There's a car here with no keys. You definitely know that a farmer and some dogs are, like, investigating the barn that that a jeep just tore through. You could, uh, the two options that I will float to you are you could hotwire this car as well, which would be a mechanics roll, or you could use infiltration or, uh, you could use infiltration to try and sneak inside and find the keys. Okay. Um, does laying low in the woods for a bit count as a rest? I would, uh, I would count that as a rest, but it would take away your opportunity to steal the car right now, because you'd mm. probably have to lay low until morning. Right, because I'm out but of mechanics. But I would count that as a rest. I'm out of mechanics and infiltration. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think she has to rest. Okay. Um, yeah, you lay low. Um, you have some time. Do you want to, uh, you have some time, you have some gear, do you want to examine... Any of these things that you ended up with, this flask, this photo, any of these other things, you have other plans. Uh, one thing that you can do is uh, you have a network. You have network, which means you could make contact with someone if you needed someone with a certain like skill set or uh, certain investigative abilities. Hmm. I think first she's going to look at the photo. Okay. The photo is a... It's a photo of a crucifix. Uh, it's finely made, definitely antique. There appears to be a glass vial built inside. You can't tell what's in it. And it rests on a cushion like a museum exhibit somewhere. Uh, you don't necessarily know art uh, art or history or the occult enough to like understand more about it. But it's definitely like a very ornate crucifix with something inside. Hmm. All right. Does she in her supplies? Is there any sort of knife? Um, there is. There is a knife. Yes. All right. Um, I think it would be common sense to her to make some steaks. That while, makes sense. While that she's in out. the woods. That checks out. Um, I will give you an edge for that, which is uh, if you fight a vampire. Uh, you can use the stakes, you can discard your stakes card to, uh, you can discard your stakes card to, uh, add an extra dice to fighting. Awesome. And then she's just gonna kind of flip open the phone, look at it for a few moments, and just think of phone numbers, think of contacts, trying to figure out somebody she trusted that she could call. Uh, give me a network roll. 
as you kind of flip through your memories to see, like, if you remember, if you remember, if you can, like, remember, pull a phone number from your memory. Okay, the first one's a two. I'm going to roll again. Second one's a three, a five. Okay. Um, you, without thinking, you notice you've already dialed in, like, a ten-digit number. Or however many digits I phone numbers are in Hungary. I didn't do that much research. I should note that. Um, but you, you pull up a phone number almost immediately. And you call him. You call and it's, uh... And, uh, he picks up... Uh, uh, this is Dr. Gilbin. And you remember talking to a Dr. Gilbin... Uh, an antiques dealer. You remember talking to him about this crucifix, but you don't remember exactly why. Hmm. Um. Uh. Hey, th- this is Layla. Oh no, 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 no! I don't, I don't want any more trouble. No, 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 no trouble. I just wanted to confirm the location on the crucifix. Well, um, it was. It was in it was in the Museum of Royal Religious Artifacts until it was uh, stolen by four cars by four four black jeep gun wielding wielding thieves led by a led by a, a, a statuesque woman. So um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. You'd have to tell me. Um, you can, if you have, if you want to push one of your interpersonal skills, if you have any interpersonal skills left, like, you can, you can, you can get him, but right now, he is very clearly, like, uh, not in your, not in your, you're clearly not in his good graces. Uh, she has charm and investigative, so she kind of, um, she doesn't really make the decision to do this, I think. It just kind of happens naturally. She, like, lightens mm-hmm. up her voice, speaks softly, and says, I'm... I'm so sorry. I had no idea something like that happened. Uh, recently, I just... I woke up in the hospital, and I was very hurt, and... Uh, whatever happened in the last... I don't know... 24 48 hours i swear that that wasn't me and i'm 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 very scared and confused right now and anything you could tell me to help me i'd really appreciate it and he he stops and he's he kind of pauses for a moment and he's like well i she told me she told me not to tell you too much but it wasn't Here's what I'll tell you. It was that crucifix that you're looking for that that you and your friends stole and that was stolen from you. It was made in the 16th century. It was incredibly powerful and it supposedly, legend has it, contained water from the fountain of youth. Supposedly, it could clear any any ailment, any ailment no matter how severe. I can only assume why your superior wanted it, and I can only assume why Rostrani, why she wanted to take it from you. And you get flashbacks of memories at this. Like, you think it through. You remember stealing it, and you remember 
going to a handoff. You remember going to 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 hand it to someone, to to deliver it to someone. And and as you're thinking about who you were going to hand it to, you remember flashes of that bat that was on fire, that that hideous vampire monster that just attacked you, and suddenly you realize you were you were fulfilling a job. You you worked for this man. You worked for that bat thing. That bat thing is trying to bring you back to work. And then you then you flash another thing of people descending on you. Guns blazing a firefight. You wound up in the back of a truck that pulled into a church. Blood, screaming, anger. You drank something and suddenly... No, you weren't hungry anymore. You weren't angry anymore. She... She looks at the phone. She doesn't turn it on. She's trying to look in the reflection and check her neck. Um, there is, uh, there is some scarring. Uh, she kind of curses to herself and, um, tries to focus hard, like, trying to remember what she drank out of. Trying to Uh, picture the crucifix, see if that works or if it doesn't. It actually does. You picture it very specifically and you see it's still in that church and it is still... It's still there. You know it's still there. And you know that if you have it, you can... I mean, that's a hell of a weapon to use against a vampire. Okay. So at this point, uh, she's probably gone silent for a moment or so on the phone. Is he still on the other line? Uh, he is, and he's, uh, uh, hello? Did I, did I lose you? Hi, sorry, it was, um, a bit overwhelming. Uh, thank you, um, for helping me, I really appreciate it, I want to get to the bottom of this, uh, if you have anything else you can tell me, if anything comes up, or you have a change of heart, just let me know. I, I, I... (sighs) She told me not to... She told me not to tell you. But... If it worked... Then... I can't not. And he like, he, he's like, I'll text you, I'll text you an address. And he texts you an address that's very different from... Very different from the church. But it's, it's still in Budapest, it's still nearby. Hmm. All right, I'll get there as soon as I can. Thank you. And you, uh, so, uh, yeah, you've got, so, uh, you're back in this position. It's, it's, it's the next morning. Um, you, would you like to try and steal some keys? Would you like to try and, uh, steal a, steal a hot wire car? Do you want to maybe talk to somebody? What's your, what's your, what's your plan to get, to get to these two places that you're going? This rendezvous point and this, and this church. Hmm. There's a few options, some of them less savory. Uh, I think she'll she'll wake up in the early morning and uh, like right before the sunrise and try to locate the 
farmer and the keys. Sorry, say that again. So I think I think I think she'll wake up early mm-hmm. morning, like right before the sunrise, and try to locate the farmer and the keys. Okay. Um, give me a. We'll call this a maybe a maybe a notice. Okay, so that's an investigative. Oh, that's ability. an investigative. Yeah, so you're able to figure out where the keys are. Um, give me an. In, actually, I'll, I'll ask for an infiltration to get the keys, and so that, and if you, but if you get it, uh, you'll be able to like get to the the rendezvous point where you need to get to. All right. Uh, it's a four on the first dice. Is that a hold or a failure? Uh, a four is. One second. Uh, four is a hold. Four is you can get you can get the car, but um, but you'll be noticed in doing so, and you'll get some heat. Hmm. She'll roll the second dice. Yeah, don't want to mess with that. Uh, two up to a six. Uh, six is still is is uh still a actually, um. So uh, don't don't worry about the second roll because I, I I you wouldn't be able to unless you added a third dice you wouldn't be able to get to the nine that you would need to get to the next level so you're gonna oh. catch some heat no matter what so I'm not gonna ask you to roll the second dice okay so it's one infiltration yeah and you're gonna okay, take so... you're gonna take two heat all right two heat yeah I guess she'll do what she has to do. Uh, so she tries to get the keys and she's noticed. Well, you've somehow? got, uh, you've got the, you've got the keys, you've got the car, but like you were spotted and they definitely called the police on you, which is why you've got heat. Heat is essentially like how much attention you have on you and how hard it's going mm. to be to be a cool, stealthy spy. All right. So she's going to try to get to the rendezvous point first, not the church. And she'll uh, park, like, a few blocks away and leave the keys in the car. Okay. Um, you get to the rendezvous point, And you... So it's, it's like a tiny apartment in suburban Budapest. Or, like, it, like the outskirts of Budapest. It is kind of like a rundown tenement. Uh, it's, like, not a nice-looking apartment. Hmm. Uh, does she notice anybody around? Um, you notice, um, yeah, you notice, uh, you see somebody in the window, clearly, like, like, the, the curtain shakes, and clearly, like, uh, one, like, one curtain in one window shakes, and, but, like, you see for a split second somebody, uh, an, 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 a very, uh, nondescript-looking older woman looks utterly freaking terrified terrified hmm uh she just has to go with her gut on this one and i think she's just gonna go up and knock on the door um so uh you knock on the door there is no answer there is one of those um there is one of those like the the buzzers for like an apartment complex on the side and the address the address you were given did include the like the the address or the apartment number 4d She'll do the buzz. Uh, you buzz, there is, like, a pause, and then it's... Uh, there is a pause, and you hear nothing, but then you hear, uh, rustling on a fire escape behind you. 
or on the other side of the building. She bolts to the to the noise. Uh, you get there just in time for this older woman to like really gracefully and effortlessly make it to the floor. And she's like pausing directly in front of you. She starts to reach towards her back, clearly towards what is not particularly gracefully hidden is a gun. Hey, 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 no need for that. Let's just talk. You say, you say that, but they took you back. Who, who took me back? This is... This is one of this is one of your tricks. This is this is Jovitzo. This is Jovitzo. I swear, she she holds up her hands, tries to look completely like non-threatening. She says, "I swear, I don't know what you're talking about. I woke up in a hospital. I don't remember anything. Uh, Doctor Gilbin sent me. Uh, I got the feeling that you'd be able to help me. So you haven't been turned back then." turned back into and like her face like barely smiles for half a second and she's like I can't believe it worked I mean partially you should have and she comes up very like she comes up calmly she's got her hands up and then she kind of like reaches into her sleeve a little bit like pulls something out from up her sleeve and jams uh like uh not like jams like the flat of a crucifix right like the uh directly like into like the base of your throat whoa 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 and like it it just burns like there's a there's a clear uh crucifix mark burned into into directly under your throat ow (laughs) so it didn't fully work i'm really on the edge of my seat to find out what this it is Come inside. We'll talk. Okay. She follows her. Uh, she comes into your apartment, and there is, uh, she steps, she, like, walking into her actual apartment, she immediately, you see her take, like, a very strange step, and she's like, that's plastic explosive, you're gonna want to step over that. Thank you for telling me. And she steps over it. And she, uh, she stands there, and she's like, I, I needed to test something. And... I figured, what better way to test it than on Jovitzo's right hand? Honestly, we didn't think it would work. We figured you were going to murder all of us, and I'm pretty sure you got pretty close. This Jovitzo, is he, when I say this word loosely, the person I was working for? Working for, yes, uh, that implies a level of willingness. You were, well, uh, we would hope that you were a a vampire thrall, I guess. I mean, there's no, and she kind of leans forward and lights a cigarette. There's no reason to mince words here, right? We all, we both know what we're talking about. I see the stakes in your bag. Yeah, I had a vampire fly onto the car I was driving so that filled in a few gaps. And she drops the cigarette and she's like, how big? And she puts it out with her foot. I uh, he I mean he wasn't extremely big. He seemed like an average sized male vampire. Uh flew in as a bat. I crashed the car and got away. Tell tell me, when 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 you when he crashed into your car Did you hear things? He was... Yell... He was making these... 
He was yelling, sort of. Okay. Um, Especially that was... after he was on fire. Uh, and she kind of leans forward and she's like, that's not what I mean. Did you hear things in the back of your mind calling to you? Scratching at the back of your mind, like a voice that you felt in the pit of your stomach. Like like a voice that you that, that you heard more clearly than you hear your own voice in your head. And you start to think back about, you know, Layla, my soldier, my battle axe. Um. And you realize that you couldn't have possibly heard that from on top of your car. She hesitates for a moment, not sure if this information is going to throw her under the bus. Uh, but she decides she doesn't have a hand here and nods and says, It's not like I felt like I couldn't control myself or resist it, but I did hear things. And at at first you see her reach for the gun. And at first, and then you see her kick back and she like puts her hand to her mouth and she's like, You, I, that was Jovitso, obviously. Here's what I can promise you. She's like, I can give you two choices. Do you... You could... You have two options here. You could go for the crucifix, stare down Jovitso as well as all of his goons by yourself. Or you could move. Or you, I, I have a small plane and a private air yard. From what I've pieced together, and um, from what you've told me, I had my life taken away from me. I had my entire world probably turned upside down, and I have these memories of blood and bad things, and I don't think this voice in my head is just going to go away on its own. I also don't think I want to let him go either way. And she, uh, she's wearing one of those puffy old lady jackets. And she, like, unzips it and, like, shakes it off a little bit. And you see that she's wearing a Kevlar vest, uh, armed to the nines. And she just leans in. She goes, that, my dear, is the surest evidence that that crucifix has worked. And also, I like you. (laughs) (laughs) So she gets on the phone. She like she texts some people, and she's like, "Our associates will have been will meet. It will be meeting there shortly. We will be." She's like, "This is what I can promise you. We can. My associates and I can handle." Jovitzo's goons. We'll, we'll tastefully call them goons. That's on us. We can handle that. What we cannot handle is a fully powered vampire. You're going to have to handle that yourself. Do you feel up to kill? Do you feel up to killing a vampire today? <laughs> if you can get me to him, I'll do everything in my power to take him down. 
So we cut to our final showdown. It is in the Gelair Hill Cave, an underground chapel uh, on the banks of the Danube River. Uh, it was used as a field hospital in the Second World War. Um, this is where this is where the ritual was performed that partially freed you from the grasp of Jovitso. This is where this is where you were dragged. Uh, this is where you tried to murder some people. Uh, you tried to drink their blood. And you were uh, freed. You you drank some of this this water from the fountain of, of eternal life, and you were clear. You were partially, mostly cleared of your of your vampiric thrall. They pull up. You like several. Uh, these are these are not nearly as cool as the black jeeps that Jovito's gang has. You pull up in like several like station wagons and tiny European cars. Uh, several sort of vaguely like uh, like vaguely just ordinary looking people climb out and start load and like look at each other uh madame rastrani leans forward and says you are and will always be part of the vampire clan to a certain extent i can't take that back even if you drink the rest of that water and all the water the fountain has to offer i can't take that back you're always going to have Jovito's voice in your head. You're always going to feel the pull of that. But that comes that you're always going to be powerful enough and strong enough. And she like pushes a stake against your chest, like uh like the flat of a stake against your chest, and she's like to put those motherfuckers back in the ground. And she kind of briefly smiles and she's like all right, boys, uh, we scatter, we go wide, and we give our mostly human friend room to do her business. Uh, she smiles and nods and says, I heard the crucifix, it's still inside? Yes, uh, almost certainly, they've almost certainly sent in, and, like, they look around, they notice the door is open, they've almost certainly sent inside their own guards, they're probably tearing the place apart looking for it, if you can get in quickly, grab it, make your way out, you'll be able, you'll have it. Then, unfortunately, that's gonna make you a known quantity on the scene, which is gonna bring out Jovitso, and then it's on you. Are you feeling up to this? Feeling up to taking him down, certainly. I just, still getting my bearings even now. The crucifix, is there a way I could use it on him? And she pauses, and she's like, well... To weaken yes. him. Yes, well, you could do more than weaken him. You could, honestly, you could put him in the ground with it. But he's powerful, powerful enough that it would take it would consume it and you'd be unchanged from how you are right now but it would put him down but it would put him down right that's all I need to know okay alright I'm gonna ask you for two rolls I'm gonna ask you for three uh, three general skill rolls mm-hmm. the first is in athletics or infiltration, uh, whichever you prefer. Uh, and you, whichever one you choose, you could use the other as stunt dice. 
um, an athletics or infiltration to get inside and get the crucifix. Obviously, there's a gunfight happening, so I'll give you an extra dice for uh, the general chaos of what's happening. Okay. How does Layla sneak inside and grab this crucifix? Right, I think, uh, so there's all this fighting go- going on. She kind of skirts the edge of it, laying low, tries to get eyes on it and go for it in the midst of all this chaos. I think... Hmm. She knows once she has it, she's going to have a huge target on her back anyway. Mm-hmm. So she's going to make a break for it. So focus on athletics. Okay. And do you want to use your attrition here? Since you've th- thinned out their ranks in the past. I want to see if I need to use it. Okay. First. Got it. So athletics, because I'll have three dice with athletics and then the chaos. True. True, true. So that's two. That's seven. Is that the full success yet? Uh, seven is a hold. You want to get an 11. Okay, I'll use the, the chaos dice. That's just an eight. Uh, I think she'll use the attrition here. Yeah, this is important. That's eight. Nine. Okay. Um, so what happens is, uh, in the chaos, you are able to grab the dice. There is guns flying. Uh, things, things are going, things are going wild on all sides. I will, uh, let you make a choice. You can get spotted on camera and take, take heat, which will put you at, which will put you at, at four heat, which will make you like actively wanted by police. You can uh, take an injury card, which is that you get you get shot and you're going to need serious medical attention at the end of this adventure. Or you can take uh, or somebody else can get hurt. Either Rostrani or or her or her ranks will take serious losses. I think I'll go with getting shot. Okay. You're going to take serious injury and we'll have and at the end of the session, we'll have to figure it. We'll have to if you don't get medical attention, you'll be you'll be you'll be seriously incapacitated, which you won't have to deal with. But the next person on party of one will so keep that in mind. Well, whatever a decision I made, they'd have to deal with. That's uh, fair. There'll be consequences for anything. That's fair. Um, but they are going to get to use Madame Rastrani as a contact. So that's that's cool. Mm hmm. Um, okay, yeah, so you get through it, you get shot in the shoulder, you're, you're bleeding, you are hurt, and suddenly, like, directly in front of you in a, in a flash of smoke is Jovizo in all of his terrible glory, giant fangs, giant claws, uh, badly burned all over the place, and is, like, just chuckling, is like, look at you, look at you, you're hurt, your body is half mortal, you could just come back and be be one of us again. You could be a vampire. Does a she vampire have thrall. the uh, crucifix? She does. She she doesn't even listen to his speech. He, she just goes in for it. I love it. Okay, so for the I'm going to give you an extra dice for the crucifix as well. Well, here's what I'm, I'm going to make you an offer. You can again, you can use the crucifix here. It will destroy it, and you will remain. You'll 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 feel that vampiric thrall in future adventures. 
And do I, I mean, does she get the feeling that a stake isn't going to do it? Um, if you, if you use the crucifix here, like you can use the stake and, and make a fighting challenge roll. You'll get the extra dice for the stake. Or you can just kill him outright with the crucifix and just keep the, the call of the, the, like the, 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 the vampiric pull in the back of your brain. I think she doesn't want to risk it. She she trusts herself more than she would ever trust uh, this guy. So she's going to go for the crucifix. Okay. So what happens is uh, it's a flash of light. Like you slam the crucifix into his chest and there's just a flash of light and smoke and, and heat. And you have to turn away because it's too bright. And suddenly you're just covered in ash and there's just a burnt up old trench coat in front of you. And the, the crucifix in your hand, this finely wrought silver crucifix, just crumbles into nothing, into, into pure ash. And all you're left with is like burn marks on your hand from holding this object. And Jovito is gone. But there's still that clawing in your the back of your mind, the back of your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, are people still fighting around her? Uh, there is still, so, um, as that happens, like, several people point guns, like, look up, and the, the people, like, the, the, the hitmen in black trench coats look up, and, like, just kind of put down their weapons, and are like, oh, oh, and, like, you know, whether, whether by magically clearing their heads, or by, uh, whether by magically clearing their heads, or just plain terror at what happened, they are, they are backing down, and they get, like, you know, shotgun butted to the face and, like, zip-tied and loaded into the backs of cars. I think she, seeing that the the fight is ending, she isn't going to jump back into the fray. She kind of breathes heavily, you know, clutching at the gunshot wound, looking down at the pile of ashes, and even though she doesn't have a clear memory of everything that she did, she just feels this wave of both like relief but also like she still feels like this isn't over like she's staring at this pile of ashes and it's like this thing that's been part of her life for so long like Mm -hmm. she can't believe that in an instant he seems to be gone so she's pretty much in shock after Mm -hmm. everything she's been through and you stand there and you kind of collapse a little bit because you've been shot. It's not a great experience. You're losing blood. Uh, do you, as your last action, do you want do you want to call for help? Do you want to try and like uh, get help? Like what's your what's your action now? I know you're in shock. Is it just trying to process this? Or are you just trying to keep your cool until you can get somewhere safe? Are you calling on someone with your network? Uh, I think she'll, as she lands, kind of jerk and realize that the pain in her side and still kind of out of it. The only person she really thinks of is, uh, Madame Rostrani. So she calls out for her and says, uh, I, I've been shot. Oh, Oh, well, yeah, you're definitely human, huh? That's normally that would just, uh, patch, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm making <laughs> jokes. That's not, that's not right. Yep. Feeling pretty human right now. Give me a network 
uh, I'm gonna say no. I'm actually gonna say like she can. So uh, she can treat like she patches you up about as well as you were patched up by Halmy in the hospital earlier. And uh, there's a there's a grim moment when you realize, oh, that's probably what that other one was. And like she, you you kind of pause, <laughs> and you're patched up sort of awkwardly, but at least you're patched up. And she's like, so you should. And like they, we have a moment, and she's like, "So what are you going to do?" And that's about when you see the light, like the police lights, and she's like, "Right, we should probably be scarce." Yeah, we gotta get out of here. We'll talk about what's next. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. And she like loads into her car. She like the two of you load into your car. I think that the last thing that we see is you on this is the two of you on this airfield together. Uh, you taking control of this plane. Apparently you, you can fly a plane. That's new information. Uh, and, and she just like quietly gets back in her car as you fly this little single seat plane as best you can with a bullet in your shoulder. And we watch your plane fly off into the, the dead of the night against the blood red moon. And that's game. That was so good. <laughs> That was really good. That was really fun. I had so much fun. I I did too. I had so much fun. Oh, I'm really glad. Thank you for coming on the show and playing with me. This was an absolute delight. Oh, thank you for having me. Like this is this is like just mind-blowing. Like Oh. Uh to I never like listening to podcasts, actual play podcasts. Like it's so crazy to think you know that I'll uh, get to guest star on one, or have, or that mine might become, you know, have a good audience at some point. It, it it's an amazing opportunity. So I'm I'm glad it means a lot. Thank you. Um, real quick before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Right. So uh, I have a SoundCloud, Elizabeth Biz Diedrich. If you want to catch me there, uh, I have a Discord. Uh, busy B number nine one four four. If you want to contact me about music commissions or just chat or about podcasting or writing or uh, anything really, I love to hear from people. Uh, the as I said before, throwing bones. We have a Twitter you can check out. Uh, that's at bones underscore throwing. Find us on whatever podcasting platform that you use. Uh, you can find the link to the Discord server and the Patreon through there, and you know, come in and say hi. I'd, I would love to talk to you. I, I love meeting uh, people interested in my content and learning about other people's content, and I look forward to it. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you for coming on to the show. This was an absolute delight. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. <laughs> thanks, Bass Me. And thanks again to Biz for coming on the show. That game was, God, that game was fun. God, stay tuned. Come back next week for part two, Agent Leila Constarry, in which Grant Ellis takes a trip to Spain and investigates another leg of the vampire conspiracy. Until then, be sure to follow Biz on Twitter and the Throwing Bones podcast at Bones underscore Throwing. And check out Throwing Bones at throwingbonespodcast.buzzsprout.com. 
Then, while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash partyofonepodcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash partyofonediscord. Head to our merch store at bit.ly slash partyofonemerch. That money is also going towards sources like the OneShot Safety Net and Nathan Paletta's Mutual Aid Fund. Check out sources like the OneShot Network Safety Net and Nathan Paletta's Mutual Aid Fund. And um, one other way you can support this show is by supporting the other show that I create, All My Fantasy Children. AMFC is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Katanosayas and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at Party of One. Nope, that's our website at oneshotpodcast.com. Party of One is, as always, produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. Uh, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, press coverage, or about coming on the show as a guest, shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, remember to take care of each other. Remember to stay safe. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and fine acts of resistance. And as always... Party on, everybody.